Hi guys and welcome to the big premium midfielder debate on this week's episode of FPL Context with me Steve and me Greg. So to give you guys an idea of how this is going to work we'll be laying the case for each premium midfielder asset between 9.5 and 12 million until a certain Lionel Messi probably spoils the party but for now in most of these cases these assets are within the same team which is why Greg will argue the case for one of the options and me the other one. So, for example, I'll be arguing for KDB, Greg will be arguing for Sterling, so on, so on. Obviously, the only one that doesn't fit into this is Aubameyang, because Arsenal is solely dependent on him, so we'll be both arguing the case for him. Uh, when this is done, we're going to then rate these assets from 1 to 7, taking into consideration their price value, their points, scoring potential, and their team influence. So how much of a talisman are they for that side? Um, please make sure that you get your comments in on Twitter and let us know your thoughts on these ratings and how you would rate them. So we'll be rating them in terms of how essential we think they are, taking into consideration that criteria. Yeah. So let's start off, Greg. So we're going to start off with the Liverpool assets. So we've got a certain FPL king called Mo Salah. Don't know if you've heard of him. I think I might have heard of him once. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's he's not too bad. And then we've got his good mate and ever-improving FPO asset in Sadio Mane. So in this case, Greg's going to be arguing for Salah. I'm going to be arguing for Mane. So, Greg, do you want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. So I think everyone knows Salah's a great option. He's been incredible the last few years. He got 19 goals, 10 assists last season. He has the record point score a few seasons back. I think he's a very reliable FPL option. He's a huge figure in the Liverpool side. He takes a lot of shots. He had 132 shots last season, which was the most out of any player in the league. He's greedy, but greedy in a good way. He wants to score every game. He's, he's probably disappointed if he doesn't score in a game. So I think it'll be another season where he'll be getting a lot of chances and probably a lot of goals. He had an XG of... 20.66 last season so that means they expected with the chances he got that he'd get 20 goals so that's a high xg and overall i think um he if you watch him he gets in a lot of good positions every game and liverpool are obviously a great side and i think it would be another season where he racks up the points yeah it's hard it's hard, hard to argue against salah the just due to the volume of shots he has so Look at looking at Mane. He had seventy-seven shots last season with thirty-six on target. So he has a much higher conversion rate than Salah, um, with forty-six point seven percent of his shots being on target. And from that thirty-six he had on target, he scored eighteen goals. So out of the thirty-six, he, he made the keeper work, or he got the ball on target. He scored fifty percent of the time, which shows how much of a clinical striker Mane is. So he's a lot less frustrating to watch as an FPL asset. If he gets through on goal, most of the time he's going to score. Where Salah, it's a little bit more touch and go. But at the amount of volume of shots he has, the likelihood is that he will score. Um, another thing that Mane has, got 18 goals and 10 assists last season. Only one goal less than Salah. But what's crazy at the moment is how much of a differential Mane is. So he's currently less owned than John Lundstrom, who in one of our first podcasts, me and Greg decided that he was a must avoid. So showcases him real as a differential. So 
it really means if you do take that gamble early on a Mane and Salah was the flop and Mane wasn't, then you'll be looking at yourself moving up the table very quickly in your mini leagues and also overall just due to the, how little how little owned he is at the moment. Yeah, I think there's definitely that, but I guess it could also go the other way with Salah being a really high ownership. It's one of those players you don't want to get left behind by if Salah hits a good streak of form and you have Mane in your team. Be a lot of managers overtaking you due to the fact that Salah is a very popular FPL option. So it's definitely one of those where, like, it's a balancing act because you want the differential, but you also don't want to be left behind if it doesn't work. Yeah. And another thing is, if you look at Mane's XG, so his XG was 14.11. So he really overperforms compared to what his expected goals were with the 18, whereas Salah slightly underperformed. But one thing what I would say is if you look at the FPL history, Mane's been gradually rising each year. He's been gradually increasing his points total. He's been getting better year on year, whereas Salah's been going the other way. I know, obviously, he's set such a high, high milestone, but we may be get coming to the time where Salah is slightly on the decline and Mane's on the incline, and this may be the season that Mane outscores him. Yeah, I think that is potentially an option. I do think... With the amount of shots Salah has, I think it's one of those where Mane is more clinical, but it's hard to. It's there's like both ways. Like if Mane has more shots next season, he could end up getting more goals. But if Salah's more clinical next season, he could again end up getting more goals. So it's quite a balancing act. I think Salah, over the last three seasons, he's performed so well, even though he has slightly declined. I think the the point scores he racks up, he's almost guaranteed to get a similar score, and I just think he's a great option. Yeah, I think another reason why I'm siding towards Mane is the fact that Trent is year on year improving and he's still very young and he's just only going to get better. And Trent's whipping balls in from that side where Mane's coming in. So I just think with that assist potential and Trent continuing to improve and Mane's so good in the air that we could see more and more goals from crosses this season for them. The only caveat I'd say to that is obviously with Salah on penalties. Milner's probably going to play less this season, so you'd expect Salah to probably have more penalties this year. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. I think if Milner doesn't play, then it'll be Salah on penalties, and that'll probably boost his goal total by a fair margin. Yeah, and um, it's been quite surprising, really, to see how many people are talking about not going with Salah this year. Um, and considering going for two defenders, two premium defenders in Robbo and Trent. Um, just quickly, what do you think about the, the community maybe questioning how valuable Salah is at the moment? Well, I guess Salah has got a really high price tag and there's a lot of premium fielders which we're going to discuss in this video. So it's hard to find a way to fit all of them in. So I can understand why people would want to go with two Liverpool defenders in Robbo and Trent because they're both very reliable FPL options. You know they're going to get clean sheets. You know they're going to get assists. They might pop up with some goals. I think they're a great option if you don't go for Salah. So I can definitely understand why people would do that. But I also think Salah is a great FPL option. If you do have him, he won't let you down, in my opinion. Yeah, and I think for this argument here between Salah and Mane I think maybe the deciding vote comes down to price they're both price this is the first year they're both priced the same it makes it a real straight up 
answer then who do you prefer whereas obviously in seasons before where Mane was 0.5 cheaper mil cheaper yeah a bit more of a, a more difficult decision but I feel like this year the fact that they're both the same price I think Mane is probably that's why Mane's ownership is so low yeah I personally prefer Salah over Mane I think Salah um he's just the more um glamorous option I think out of those two he's he's got the record points total and at the same price I just I feel like he's the one to go to rather than Mane yeah and he's more involved isn't he like if you look at Salah just the the sheer shot volume he has he's just that selfish asset that everyone wants um Mane I would say is less frustrating to watch so if you're going to be watching all the Liverpool games then Mane is probably less frustrating for you to watch you know that if he's going to get a a chance most likely he'll put it away whereas Salah it maybe take a few more but yeah. just the sheer volume Salah has and obviously that pedigree record he has, I think probably just sways it for him at the same price. Yeah. Okay, so we'll give the first one to Salah. Right, so let's move on to the City assets. I'll start this time and I'm going to go with the biggest no-brainer of FPL, which is Kevin De Bruyne. Um, obviously, he was the top point scorer last season. He created over 135 chances last year which is 45 more than any player. Second was Jack Grealish. He was the highest, uh, he had the po- highest point score in, in terms of uh, double-digit hauls. So he had 10 double-digit hauls, whereas Sterling had nine. And only Edison played more minutes than KDB in the Man City side. So a lot of people fear Pet Roulette. With KDB, set for Edison, you played the most minutes. So you can be really assured that he is going to be prominent figure in that side uh you got 13 goals last year and 23 assists now i know he got 20 assists uh where the premier league said that he joined the the record of Henri. however in fpl terms you got 23 assists and what's amazing at the moment is how highly owned he is so currently he's 36 percent owned which is massive considering he misses game week one yeah so that really shows Obviously, a lot of casual players are coming in. They don't really know about the blanks. They think, oh, we've got the highest point scoring player. I need him in my side. But I think KDB, maybe you can go out without him in game, game week two away at Wolves, but game week three, you need him because he's an absolute no-brainer. He's going to be so involved in everything that he do. He's the most likely to be not victim to pet roulette. He's creates so much for the side. Like I said, 136 chances last season, 45 more than any other player. He's just so involved in the most attacking side in the league. He scored over 100 goals last year. It's just a no-brainer to have KDB, but obviously you're arguing the case of Sterling. So what what have you got to go against that? Yeah, so it's very hard to argue against KDB. I think KDB is probably the best player in the league, if not definitely the best player in the league. He's incredible to watch. As you say, the amount of chances he's created is amazing, but... I do think Sterling is still a good option. Um, he got 20 goals last season, six assists, had an XG of 19.8, which isn't much lower than Salah's. It's a very high XG. Yeah. Um, he had 99 shots. And I think Sterling, if you watch him, he's quite a frustrating player at times because I feel like um, watching him, it feels like he can score so many more as well. He feels like he's always like in the pinpoint of the attack. I feel like the final ball is always going to him. Um, he's very high up the pitch 
And in such an attacking city side with such incredible chance creators like Kevin De Bruyne, he's going to get more chances again next season, Sterling, and he's going to score a lot of goals. It's just going to be given to him. So I think, again, um, there's probably a little bit more chance of Pep Roulette uh, rather than De Bruyne, but I think Pep really does favour Sterling as well. So I think Sterling will be getting a lot of minutes next season. Um, I just think Sterling's a great option. He's only owned by 4.6% of players. Which is yeah, that's incredible. Isn't that it? is a, that's a very low ownership. If he um, goes on a hot streak at the start, and you own him at the start, you could be seeing yourself. Obviously, after blank of game week one, you'd be seeing yourself go way up the leaderboard. And it, he's capable of it. Everyone knows he's capable of getting huge goal streaks. He could score two, three in a game. I think um, he's he's not one to be shied away at so quickly. Only four point six percent. I think that is surprising. I think probably the main reason is because of Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah, I think the main reason is they're both priced the same. So yeah. it's, a, it's one of those where, because there's so many other premium midfielders available, you probably only want one premium uh, midfielder from City and it's a straight-out choice between those two. And that's why you look at Cody B's ownership being massive and Sterling's being particularly low because pe- most people in that decision have decided to go KDB. Yeah. However, like you said, if you're prepared to take a bit of a gamble, Sterling's a very streaky player. Um, at the start of last season, obviously he got the hat-trick against Arsenal in the first game. He is just one of those players where he's on it, he's like absolute fire and can get massive double-figure uh, double hauls. So, like I said, he got nine double-figure hauls last year, which is only one less than KDB. So, he is an op- a massive goal-scoring uh, assist option and he really is... A frustrating play, however, though, because he's just so hot and cold. So last season, he just goes in streaks. Most of my captain in blanks came from captain in Sterling. Yeah. Uh, getting on him at the wrong time. I know a lot of people last game of the season, they moved their captaincy to Sterling. De Bruyne obviously got 19 points. But post-lockdown, Sterling was obviously the better asset. So it's just, it depends whether you're, you want to take a gamble or not. But for me, KDB is just an, a no-brainer. Yeah, I, I've argued the point of Sterling, but I think if we had to come to a final decision, I would agree with you on KDB. I think KDB, um, if you were to captain him, I think you'd be more um, sure that he'd get you some sort of return rather than Sterling. I think Sterling's definitely capable of getting um, blanks. So yeah. I think overall, it's hard to argue against KDB when he's such an incredible player. Yeah. All right, so we've got... The Liverpool assets, we've said Salah's the better option. We've done the City assets. We've said that KDB is the better option. Now we're going to move on to Manchester United. Obviously, Rashford's been reclassified as a midfielder this year. Comes in at 9.5. So we're going to be doing Bruno versus Marcus right now. So, Greg, do you want to argue the case of Bruno? Yeah, so I think um, Bruno's obviously had an incredible uh, start to his Premier League career. He's had 14 apps so far. He's played 14 times. He's got eight goals and he's got seven assists, which is the most in the United team last season. He, no one got more assists than him in the, in the Premier League last season for United, which is, I think it was joint most. But that's still, I feel like it's an incredible stat. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, and four of the goals were penalties, but I think United will get more penalties next season and it, he'll be on all of them. He's such an incredible penalty taker. I think um, you can expect more goals from that. And he um, he got the highest points per match in the Premier League overall. 
um, last season. Obviously, he was only there for 14 games, so it's hard to um, compare to everyone else. But still the fact that he had the highest shows that he can really get um, a high amount of points in the game. The points for match was 8.4. So if you yeah. can expect eight points every game from him over a course of a season, then you know he's going to score you big, big points. Yeah, he's a great captaincy option at that consistency. Um, yeah, Bruno, obviously, as a United fan, he completely changed the game for us. He's on all the free kicks, all the corners. You could take the throw-ins if he wants. He, he literally, he can do everything. And to be honest, he should have had more assists last year. Harry Maguire, he must have headed about 15 or 16 perfect corners into Rosehead. So you can really expect... A lot more assist potential. The the big question what you see in the community is can United sustain the amount of penalties they get next season, Greg? So I think obviously Van der Beek comes in. He's won a lot of penalties last season. Uh, you also have the talk of Sancho coming in. Yeah. Sancho won 10 penalties in the Bundesliga last season. All United's attackers are wingers. All Their number nine's a winger. So they're all tricky in the box. So you can probably see that's still going to be quite sustainable, don't you think? Yeah, I think we'll get a lot of penalties again next season. I think um, our players, as you say, they're very tricky in the box. I think um, there's it's no coincidence or VAR conspiracy as to why we got so many penalties. Maybe some of them are questionable, but I think it's not. Um, it's just the case of the way we play and the way our wingers play in the box. And overall, I think with Bruno, he's just the central figure of the team. Everything goes through him. All attacks start with him or end with him. Um, I think he'll just be involved in so many goals next season. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to argue against Bruno because um, I've already said he's my uh, my must-have pick of the season, the higher point scorer, but I've pulled the short straw and I've got to argue the case with Marcus. But, <laughs> but anyway, I'm going to give it a go. All right. So Marcus last season as a forward got 177 points. Um, you got 17 goals and eight assists. Obviously, now he's a midfielder. Those 17 goals would that be an extra point per goal? You'd get extra points per clean sheets. So that extra boost, if you include that in, you would obviously have got near the 200 mark. He had 29 big chances in total, and he created 33 chances, which is more than Aubameyang. He had 44 shots on target, which was more than Sterling and Mane. And his XG, believe it or not, was the highest of any premium midfielder. And he scored six penalties last season. Now, the big question is, no Bruno at the time. So that's why he got the six, six pens. Yeah. So without those penalties, he's down to 11 goals. But obviously he was injured for a long period of time with the back injury. And he's a real great option in terms of the amount of big chances that he actually creates. And he has shots in the box. So at 9.5, a million cheaper than Bruno. If you don't have the funds, he is a fantastic alternative. Yeah, I think um, Rashford definitely has benefits from what you said. I think one thing that worries me a little bit about Rashford is his post-lockdown form. He obviously had the bad um, back injury. And I think watching him after he came back, he struggled a bit more than he did before. Um, he played a lot deeper. I thought he was playing a lot more of a playmaker role rather than the forefront of the attack. Um, I I think his 
pre-lockdown form was definitely much uh, better than his post-lockdown form. So I'm a bit worried to see how he comes out this season. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know what you're saying. And also, obviously, he's been doing some unbelievable charity work and some unbelievable work in terms of helping children in poverty be fed in the UK. Obviously, the massive campaigns he's got, he's had a lot going on outside of the pitch. Incredible, incredible. But I think as an asset this year, he's gonna ha- he's got that extra bit of a break. I know he's got a knock to his ankle at the moment, but obviously we blank game week one. You could really see the likes of Van der Beek, Bruno, Pogba laying it on the plate for those guys up front. And I think as an option at 9.5, he's obviously going to be, be playing a little bit higher than Bruno with those big shots, uh, with those big chances he had last season. Obviously, you've got to remember that most of the season when he was fit, he was playing with the likes of Pereira and Lingard. And like yeah. their like supply is well, it's pitiful, isn't it? Really? Like sometimes it was embarrassing. So yeah. Yeah. You from what he really achieved with what he had behind him at the time, obviously Pogba was injured, no Bruno. It was unbelievable. So with that supply chain behind him now, you can really expect good things from Marcus this year, I think. Yeah, I guess um, with the new midfield, you could argue that he should be getting a lot more chances next season, which should lead to more goals. So I don't yeah. think that makes him a more favourable option. I think yeah, I completely quickly, agree. quickly stick on United, I think the options of Greenwood and Martial might be an interesting sticking point with Rashford because it's almost, does Rashford have a more potential than those two players? Yeah, that's the difficulty, especially Greenwood at 7.5. Yeah. Uh, if Sancho doesn't come in, then Greenwood's nearly a no-brainer, to be honest, starting every week. Uh, that boy is an incredible finisher. And with the supply chain behind him, like I've already said, he'll be improving year by year. And I think Greenwood scored more than 15 goals this year. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's a big one to watch out. But in this in this debate here, obviously, like I said, I've already said that Bruno is going to be the top point scorer midfielder next season. So... I'm going to have to give it Bruno. Yeah, I'm not going to argue with that. I think Bruno's the um, clear choice. Incredible what he's done for United so far. I think he's going to do well this year. Yeah, I think, guys, watch out for those corners because if Maguire can sort out his head in, <laughs> there'll be a couple more assists coming next year for Bruno. So just keep an eye on that. 100%. All right, so, and then the last option we've got is Aubameyang. Now, obviously, there was a big talk point around Aubameyang being reclassified to a midfielder. Um, his goal scoring potential is unbelievable. He's got 22 goals in the last two seasons, which is, if you're looking for someone to guarantee you over 20 goals as a midfielder, then a Bamiyang Jaman. Um, another thing is the big chances. So he had 27 big chances last season and scored 22, which shows the unbelievable conversion rate he really has in front of goal. Um, he created only 26 chances for teammates. But Aubameyang's not really someone looking for the pass. He's more the finisher. So if you're looking for a midfielder to score goals, Aubameyang's your man. He's not as two-dimensional as the other options. Another thing about Aubameyang is he's been playing in a poor Arsenal side. Like this is the, With the signing of Willian, Arteta's now in. He's brought in some good players. I know he's talking about bringing the likes of Partey in. There's talk about maybe Coutinho. You don't know who's going to come in that will be a much better Arsenal side this year and he'll have more chances, I'm sure of it. And with his finishing ability, you can just expect more goals from him, surely. 
I think he's he's guaranteed goals again. He's an incredible striker. I think he's the pinpoint of Arsenal's attack. Uh, most of their goals come from him. Um, he's incredibly clinical. I think he's one of the best options. At 12 mil, he's one of the most expensive midfielders, though. Do you think his price is justified? I think it is, because he guarantees you over 20 goals. Um, whereas I would say that Salah doesn't guarantee you over 20 goals, but what he does guarantee you is more assist potential. Um yeah. One big factor will be for me is if Lacassette leaves and Aubameyang moves into the middle. I know he hasn't. He didn't. I know he played on the left in the Community Shield. But if he does move into the middle, then he becomes a no-brainer, really, because then he's playing up front. He's guaranteed over twenty goals with that extra boost, one point per goal, clean sheet potential. I think Arsenal will be better at the back this year with Gabriel Saliba in. Tierney obviously back from injury. Leno back from injury. You're looking at a more solid side, especially if Partey comes in at defensive midfield. That's extra points there. So it's hard to overlook a Bamiang, really. Yeah, I think he's a great option. Great option. He's going to score goals. And he is massively owned at the moment. He's 39.8% owned. So you, if you go without a Bamiang in the first two game weeks, it's really at your peril. Because if he scores against Fulham, which I'm expecting he got 11 goals against the bottom six last year, then you can really, you'll really feel the brunt of that. So Bamiyan is definitely a must to start with, uh, especially for the first two game weeks. And then maybe you can look at moving KDB in or your Man United asset for game week three, just so that you make sure that that ownership, you don't get hit too hard in the first two game weeks. Yeah. Um, are you going to captain Aubameyang first game week or are you looking at Salah or obviously um, Salah got Leeds they've got Fulham but I just think like I said Aubameyang got 11 goals last season against the bottom six you've got to back him to really put a couple past Fulham I think yeah I've currently got my captain as Aubameyang I think him against Fulham um, I really fancy him getting a goal if not two if not three yeah well <laughs> I don't think, he doesn't score many hat-tricks Aubameyang he usually scores in twos yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's going to be interesting, especially if he plays up front. So keep an eye out on that, guys. The movement of Lacazette, and then we'll see what happens with Nketiah. But I think Aubameyang may go down the middle. Okay, so what we're going to do now is we're going to rank these assets in terms of how essential we think they are. Now, the criteria, like I said, is price and value. So how much value are you getting for that money? Their team influence, so how much of a talisman are they? and their point scoring ability. Now, we're going to be ranking one to seven. Obviously, one the most essential, seven the least. So, number one, who are you picking at number one, Greg? So, I guess um, if I was to choose my number one, I'd probably be looking at KDB as one of the number one options. I think Bruno with his lower price, another great option. It's hard to look away from Salah and Aubameyang because you both you know both of them are going to score big this season. I think if I had to prefer choose my preferred one, I'd go with De Bruyne. But I'm up for um, a debate on this. See, obviously, I've said that Bruno is going to be the highest point scoring player next season. Uh, obviously, he's he is the second cheapest on that list. It's hard for me to put 
the likes of Aubameyang, Salah, Sterling, Mane, and Rashford, obviously, over Bruno. The only person I could consider putting over Bruno is KDB. Obviously, KDB is a mil, um, a mil more expensive. But just because how attacking City are, and obviously they've got over 100 goals last season, yeah. it's hard to argue against him just because of how many assists he offers alongside the goal-scoring potential. Obviously, he got 13 goals last season. So, for me, it's between KDB and Bruno for number one. Yeah, no, I'd agree. Those two are probably the ones competing for me. So, if we have... Oh, I, oh, I don't want to do it. All right. KDB <laughs> number one? Yeah, I'd go with KDB number one. Okay, and we agree Bruno number two? I'm saying Bruno number two. I don't know if, uh, how this will go down, but I think Bruno is incredible. Yeah, make sure you get your comments in, guys, if you think we're going wrong. But like I said, price, how much of a talisman Bruno is to Manchester United, I just think that that value there and the fact that I think he's going to be the highest point scoring player next season, he's number two. Um, so then we've got the left, Aubameyang, Salah, Sterling, Mane, Rashford. Now, I don't think Mane, Sterling or Rashford are really in the discussion for the next spot. So it's between Aubameyang and Salah. Now, I think I would go with Aubameyang at number three. And the reason I think that is because, like I said, Arsenal, but again, they're, much, they're going to be much improved this season. There's potential he could be down the middle. He guarantees you over 20 goals. I just feel like Aubameyang this season as a reclassified midfielder is going to be a better option than Salah just. Yeah, I think um, it's hard to argue against that. But I think uh, it's hard to snap away from Salah because he's the Egyptian king, the amount of goals <laughs> he's scored. Uh, he's got the same price point as Aubameyang. They're both the most expensive. Um, but I just think Salah in, in Liverpool, the champions, are the, they're the best, the best side in the league last season. He's going to score more goals. I do. So you think Salah number three? I'm. I'm. I would lean towards Salah, but I it feel like you're leaning towards Aubameyang. So I'm willing to. I'm willing to budge if you want to go for Aubameyang. Because I no, do. I'll tell, what, I'll, tell what, I'll tell you what we'll do is we'll have them separate. So we'll let everyone comment on who we think the rankings. Who who do we think have the rankings the best? So for example, comment if you think I've done that the rankings in the right way or comment if Greg's done it in the right way or comment that you've both done it wrong and you're both rubbish. Um, <laughs> so anyway, so we've got both got KDB number one. We've got Bruno number two. I've got a Bamiang number three. You've got Salah number three. Yeah. So Salah's going to be my number four. Um, just because like what you said, looking at the other options, his point scoring potential is higher than all of those, in my opinion. Um, Liverpool will be a, a well, they're a great side, but I think if Thiago comes in, that's an extra bit of creativity in the midfield that they don't have. And you could look at Salah then looking at that 20-goal mark again. So Salah, number four for me. Who do you have a number four? Yeah, I'm going to go with Bameng, number four. I feel bad that he's got this far down the list, to be honest, because I do think he is a great option. He's going to score a lot of goals for Arsenal, but I just think those three options above him are just the talisman of each side. Salah, you could argue, maybe not as much, but you know how many shots he's going to have. He's going to score goals. Yeah, Aubameyang's the biggest talisman of them all, I would say, um, because the rest of Arsenal's team is 
well, it's pretty garbage. So it's you look at the you 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 look at that. But I just think, like you said, in terms of the price, so KDB is slightly cheaper, Bruno slightly cheaper, and their point scoring ability too. I think number four for him is harsh. I've got him number three, but obviously that's what you think. Guys, let us know. Um, so then we've got the last three spots, which is between Sterling, Mane and Rashford. So number five, I'm going to have Sterling. Um, I'm having Sterling... At number five, mostly because he frustrated the hell out of me last year. He let me down quite a few times with the captaincy. He's so hot and cold. Um, and it'll be interesting to see if Messi does come in, how will that will affect Sterling. So, obviously, if Messi was in this list, it'd be number one. But it'll be interesting what happens to Sterling in terms of his playing time, if that was to happen. KDBs will always play because... He's in a different position and he's the heartbeat of the side. But yeah, it'd be interesting what happens to Sterling. Obviously, last, the couple of seasons before, his assist potential was much higher than it has been in the last season. So he's a great option. But for me, he's number five. Yeah, I think um, Sterling would be number five for me as well. I think um, the the front four are the most talked about options. Bruno, KGB, Salah, Aubameyang. I think Sterling is the best of the rest, in my opinion. I think with him at City, City are such an incredible goal-scoring side. The amount of chances they'll create, I think Sterling is going to get a lot of goals. He's um, always on the final ball. He's in the box a lot. He's going to have a lot of shots. He wasn't in the final ball against Leon. <laughs> well, he, he was on it. He just didn't score it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, City fans. Uh, um yeah, okay, so we both got Sterling number five. So the only difference we've got at the moment is you've got Salah at three, I've got Aubameyang at three. But the last two, we've got Mane and Rashford. Now, see, Rashford's 2.5 million cheaper. Yeah. That I value there, like, is it going to be that big of a difference? I think it's a tough one with Rashford. If he comes out um, with his pre-lockdown form, I think he'll be a great option. With 2.5 mil cheaper, I'd sway towards him. But I think before this debate, I was swaying towards Rashford uh, out of value for money on those two options. Because I think Mane, with Salah in the team, Salah's the go-to option. But after having this debate and um, how you were saying Mane's improving year on year, and he only got, what was it, one less goal than Salah last year? Yeah. It makes me think that Salah, uh, Mane might be the better option because you could see Mane scoring similar points to Salah and that is, that'll be a high point score. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think I'm going to go... Um, I think I'm going to have to have Mane above Rashford. Like you said, just because he's, in, he's increasing his performance each year. He's just... He's been fantastic last season. He was, he was probably, in my opinion, unlucky not to win... Uh, PFA player of the year last year I thought he was Liverpool's best player but yeah I think Rashford there's just too many options so Martial and Greenwood I think they're going to be taking a lot of the goals away from Marcus whereas Mane it's really but just between him and Salah because Firmino is more there for yeah well he's more there for the work rate and the the assist potential he's not really a goal scorer so 
yeah, I think I think I'm just gonna have to give Mane it a six spot. So Mane six, Rashford seven. Yeah, I'm gonna agree. I think Mane over Rashford. I think despite Rashford being um a lot cheaper, I still think Rashford's the more risky option out of Mane and Rashford. I think Mane's guaranteed to score goals and get assists, whereas I don't think although Rashford will get goals and assists, it's hard to know at this stage how many he will get if he plays deep. Um I think he'll be one to watch. If he comes out the season firing, maybe this will change. But for now, I'd say Mane above Rashford. Okay, guys. So the way we finally ranked it is, so in terms of how essential we think they are, um, we're going slightly differently. So mine is KDB at one, Bruno at two, Bamiang at three, Salah at four, Sterling at five, Mane at six, and Marcus Rashford at seven. And Greg? Yeah. You've got KDB at one, yeah. Bruno at two, Salah at three, Bamiang at four, Sterling at five, Mane at six, and Rashford at seven. Yeah. So, guys, make sure you get in the comments if you agree with either of us and any amends you'd make to that. So, please send us your seven. Let us know what you would have had. Um, and then, just to finish off, I just want to say a big thank you to um, one of our followers on twitter who has been sending us in uh, on our last podcast greg you know the footballer and film puns we asked for yeah so there's been an account called let me just find it so harry kane ruined my christmas and he has sent us in puns for every single player in each team in the premier league using film footballer puns I rate that. Incredible. So that's an incredible effort by him. So thank you to at FPL Buckets. We really appreciate you sending them all in. And you. uh and to, we, you can you can stop with the puns now. <laughs> but thank <laughs> thank you for thank you for sending them in. We've really enjoyed those here. So thanks again. Um like I said, guys, uh episode four will be going live next Thursday. So what we this will now be a weekly debate every Thursday going live at 7 p.m. So thanks very much for listening. Hope you enjoyed the big premium midfielder debate and make sure you get in the comments what you think of our ratings. Yeah, thank you guys.